Hello, pub patrons. Thanks for stopping by today. Hey, grab a bar stool and order a stiff drink. Today's chat's looking to be a real doozy. You know, lately I've been thinking more and more about the future. Not so much my immediate personal future. That's likely to be an ugly slide into a relatively boring geriatric shit show. But rather, the future after me. What I, or we, are leaving to our kids and our kids' kids. An even uglier slide into a more global shit show. Of course, you can't turn around these days without seeing or hearing more and more about climate change, overpopulation, one billion people in just the last 12 years alone, gun violence, transphobia, the threat of artificial intelligence, the dying off of the bees. Now, that's something we should talk more about sometime. The rise of the isms, nationalism, political extremism, racism, and just the general overall precipitous fall of human concern for each other. So where the fuck are the bright spots? I mean, looking back on history, humans have done some pretty amazing things, but that seems to have dwindled off over the last few hundred years. Uh, okay, landed on the moon 50 years ago. Uh, polio cured 70 years ago. Took a couple of hundred years, but we finally kicked smallpox's ass. So why haven't we done the same for a few of the other inconvenient illnesses like, oh, I don't know, heart disease, cancer, diabetes? Humanity needs another printing press moment. And God help us if AI is humanity's next Gutenberg. Sadly, I, I think humans will never discover another fire or invent another wheel. We're too wrapped up in a political, nationalistic, economic consumerism loop. And you heard that here first, right? And it's hard for an old man like me to see light at the end of that tunnel. Maybe my parents felt that way during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we seem to eat past that, but that mainly boiled down to just two individuals on opposite sides of the planet deciding, in the moment, just to do the right thing. Now things seem so much more complex and global. And that brings me to my concern du jour. Forever chemicals, poly fluoroalkaline substances, PFAS contamination. You know, I've been sort of aware of these things for the last few years, but recently I've learned a lot more, and I'm convinced that in Earth's final moments, a few million years from now, it really will be just cockroaches and polyfluoroalkaloids left. So what? I mean, there are thousands of man-made chemicals around us every day. I mean, who cares? It has made life so much easier for us and more convenient. I mean, can you imagine ever going back to using a non-stick pan for your morning eggs? You see, the thing about PFAS, and you know, it's easier for me to refer to the PFAS chemicals as that shit, which seems strangely uh, accurate and appropriate. They are a significant growing threat to our health, water, soil. I mean, a key cause for concern is that these forever chemicals, they don't break down in the environment. Many are toxic and bioaccumulate in the food chain and in us. That shit is used as fire retardants and repellents. It's in everyday things like our furniture, our takeout containers, nonstick cookware. Human exposure to that shit is associated with cancer, birth defects, developmental damage to infants, impaired functioning of the liver, kidneys, immune systems, and on and on. It's been reported that 200 million Americans are, have drinking water that's contaminated with that shit. And that shit has been found in grocery store meats, milk, seafood, bottled water, as well as wild fish and game. 
Studies have also found that that shit is in the bloodstream of 99% of Americans. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency says that there's roughly 13,000 types of that shit, but they only proposed drinking water limits on six. I mean, what the fuck are we doing here, folks? I mean, is there any actual protection happening in the Environmental Protection Agency? That shit is toxic at extremely low levels. I mean, we're talking a few parts per quadrillion here. Manufacturers don't have to disclose to consumers that they're using them, and the EPA doesn't regulate or test for most of them. So what are we supposed to do? I, you just have to assume that this shit is just about everywhere. In our clothes, if the label says waterproof, stain repellent, or dirt repellent on the tag, it's that shit. It's in the water. All 50 states, and I'll bet worldwide. Uh, reverse osmosis and your filters in your house can be somewhat effective at removing that shit. Activated carbon filters that you see in pictures and installing your refrigerator doors, it's less effective. And boiling your water doesn't get rid of that shit. It can actually make its concentration higher. Now, there is a little good news, I suppose. In 2002, a few laws were passed to phase out of U.S. production some of that shit, uh, specifically the domestically produced perfluorooctane sulfonate, PFOAs. Now, this is special shit, which we used to make uh, nonstick Teflon pans. I guess the fact that it causes cancer was just a little too hard for the marketing people to spin. But wait, even that bright spot is dimming already. In recent years, manufacturers have started to use short or chain shit because they move more quickly through the human body than the longer chain ones, uh, such as the three chemicals that the FDA recently banned from food packaging. Now, that may sound like a positive step, but it really hasn't made a difference. Chemical companies start to phase out these longer chain shit and then replace it with a regrettable substitution, a chemical that's slightly different shit, but likely to trigger the same health problems and the stuff it's replacing. There's evidence this is already happening. There are two newer generation shorter chain shits called Gen X and PFBS. They're linked to similar health effects as the shit they just replaced. Even if all this shit were banned totally worldwide, I mean, would it really help? Because these are, wait for it, forever fucking chemicals. They are with us like cockroaches and will be with us forever. I mean, have we successfully invented and deployed our own ultimate destruction? Move over, nuclear winner. There's a new bad guy in town. So to my kids and their kids, I say, no, my nonstick pan for my morning scrambled eggs was totally not fucking worth it. I think of this every time I use a cast iron skillet and I hear my great grandmother saying, I tried to tell you. So about now you're probably wondering, hey, Mike, whatever happened to your more positive, no rants, no ravings approach? Well, it's not completely gone. I mean, finish your drink and order another one because I'm coming back to you with another new word from the Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. Be right back. Okay, hey, back from the bar uh, with another, uh, another word from my new favorite book, The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, an awesome book by an author named John Koenig. Uh, the, the word today is uh, xenosyne, and it's the feeling that time is getting faster. So, you know, it, it's actually just after you're born that your life flashes before your eyes. I mean, entire eons are lived out in those first few months. 
At first, time is only felt vicariously as if something that happens just to other people. Looking out at the world from a car seat, you feel inseparable from the world itself with nothing to do but watch it passing by. You get used to living in the moment because there's nowhere else to go. Before long, life begins to move and you learn to move with it. You take it for granted that you're a different person every year, upgraded with a different body and a different future. You run around so fast the world around you seems to stand still. I mean, a summer vacation can stretch on for an eternity. We should consider the idea that youth is not actually wasted on the youth. It, it's their heightened emotions that make perfect sense once you adjust for inflation. For someone going through adolescence, life feels epic and tragic simply because it is. Every kink in their day could easily warp the arc of their story. Soon enough, the stakes of life begin to settle. You feel time moving forward, learning its rhythms, passing from one birthday to the next. Each time you circle back around and cross the same point around the sun and hear many happy returns. But you can already feel a shift in the pace of things and the feeling that each year is worth a little less than the last. And if your birthday arrives just one day earlier every year. As your 20s whirl into your 30s, you feel the circle begin to tighten and all at once you realize it's a spiral and you're already halfway through. You're starting to notice how much effort it takes just to hold on to what you have. Catching up with friends, keeping up with your obligations, maintaining your possessions, clearing your head. As more of your day repeats itself, you keep trying to slow down and focus on the things that matter to you. You try to stay open to new experiences, but find it harder and harder to resist the pull towards your center of gravity, the ballast of memories that you hold on to, which occupy more and more of your attention, until you reach a point when it all seems to move under its own inertia. So even when you're holding still, settling down to bed at the end of a long day, it feels like you're running somewhere. And even if tomorrow you manage to run a little faster and stretch your arms a little further, you still feel the seconds slipping away as you drift around the bend. Life is short, and life is long, but not in that order. So, hey, thanks for stopping by the pub today. I really appreciate you coming in today. Uh, we'll talk to you guys again soon. Ciao.